All right, and we are now, let's see, one moment. What, we are now live and uh, here at the KFVS Digital Studio, and uh, we've got David Yaskevich here with us, and we are going to be taking a look today at, uh, well, a number of things, including the debt ceiling and uh, our, our continuing coverage of that, as well as uh, some inflation data and the like. Uh, David, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're glad to have you here and uh, glad to be digging into it because I know it's a subject a lot of people are having quite a few questions on, and we're certainly uh, hoping to uh, to get a clearer picture here in Money Talks on that. Um, and that involves the debt ceiling, first off. And uh, as we begin to, as we begin to look at this, um, what are the ramifications of this again? Just as a reminder, what uh, what happens? If this is not an agree this agreement's not settled on, if it's not something they're able to get through, and of course the likelihood of them getting through with it. Oh sure, I'll, I'll give the Cliff's Notes version of this. If the U.S. were to default on its debt and not make payments on obligations that it is um, supposed to pay, you would likely see reactions in financial markets, particularly bond markets, where uh, if the U.S. wanted to borrow more, it would be more expensive. So you'd likely see higher interest rates uh, on U.S. Treasury bonds, and that would likely ripple to other interest rates in the economy. So you'd likely see a tightening in credit in, in, the, in the country, and that, that could have significant negative impacts. Uh, even if you are not a beneficiary, beneficiary of any type of uh, federal program, if higher interest rates would impact you either through loans or uh, other avenues, that would be something where a lot of stakeholders in the economy would be impacted. Now, if you are someone who does receive uh, some type of payment from a government program, such as Social Security, Medicare, or Medicaid, or some benefit of a government program or service, uh, you would potentially see some delay in payment to that program. And that would be uh, a direct impact in, in that sense uh, if there were to be a default and there aren't enough uh, funds to go around to, to cover some of these uh, payment obligations by the federal government. So serious repercussions, whether it's a direct repercussion or something that's more indirect, uh, it's something that would have a rather broad impact on the economy. Okay. And to get into some of the details on that as far as the citizens go and things things along that line. Um, you know, this affects things like social security, affects uh, those sorts of social security, uh, social, social, social services, uh, excuse me, uh, correct? Can you tell us more about what happens there? Well, if, if the debt limit is hit and there are payments that are required by the federal government through these programs, uh, the Treasury Department would not be able to issue more debt and obtain the funds needed to cover these expenditures. So for those programs that you just mentioned, if the debt ceiling were hit and uh, there was no suspension in the debt ceiling and it was not raised, that means there would be insufficient funds to go around. Now, the Treasury Department could prioritize which uh, obligations get funded first uh, but there would not be enough to go around if, if that were the case. So that, that would be a, a serious dilemma if that were to happen. Now, even if the X date is reached, there is some longer-term concern that it's possible that some of the uh, credit rating agencies in the United States 
might re-examine the creditworthiness of the U.S. federal government. And we've heard this past week that uh, two rating agencies, one would be Fitch and the other one would be Morningstar, both made comments on uh, the likelihood of a debt downgrade or a creditworthiness downgrade if uh, the United States did not meet its debt obligations. Now, hopefully there's a deal that comes soon and there's no uh, downgrade in the credit rating of the U.S., but there is this possibility that if the process presents itself on uh, coming to these uh, agreements to, to extend the debt limit, if, if there's less confidence that the Congress would be able to reach this uh, deadline in a timely manner in the future, it's possible that even if we do meet the X date, that some credit rating agencies might decide to have a slight downgrade in the U.S. Uh, credit worthiness. Now, I hope that's not the case and that could be avoidable this time, but that's always a risk whenever uh, negotiations go this late and this close to the deadline for uh, meeting all the obligations of the federal government. Okay, yeah, and uh, if, we, if we continue down the hypothetical, if it's not reached, how soon do we see that start having an impact? Is that right away? Is it a gradual thing? Do we know yet? I think, I think financial markets would be the quickest area in which you would see reactions. You'd see the stock market definitely react to it. Uh, right now, the stock market is not convinced that there's going to be a default. So that might be somewhat reassuring. Uh, bond markets, you'd likely see the bond, uh, the interest rates on bonds for short-term short assets and short-term treasury bills probably would rise the fastest, uh, lesser extent on the long-term debt uh, issued by the treasury. But you'd probably see some immediate reaction financial markets fairly soon if we were to hit that default. Okay. Uh, is there anything else that we haven't uh, chatted about with this as far as any other angles to be aware of when it comes to, to looking at this, to looking at the, the risks and the, the possibilities here? Well, I, I've been headline skimming the news today and um, maybe after work today I'll, I'll, I'll go a little bit deeper into them. Uh, but it, it looks like there is some uh, deal that may be close to being reached and uh, some of the leaders in Congress did mention they would like to give members of Congress three days to read over the agreement and the, uh, the legislation that would be passed. So we're cutting it pretty close. We have, after today, five full days uh, until we reach what the Treasury Department is calling the X date. So uh, that gives us three full days to read it. If, it, if a deal comes out tonight on Friday evening, and uh, you have three full days over Labor Memorial Day weekend and uh, two days after that. Um, so that's kind of the schedule based on some of the dates that were mentioned right now. So, some, some are uh, questioning whether June 1st is the actual firm deadline, uh, but uh, let's, let's not worry about that right now. Um, but I, I would also point out that regardless of whether a agreement is made this evening or not, it sounds like we're pretty close to an agreement being announced, uh, it would still have to get a majority in both the House and Senate. So that that's the, still the what if. If we get some agreement uh, making headlines this evening, uh, it still does it, does it actually pass Congress. Um, hopefully that's the case. So I'll, I'll be the optimist on this and think like in all past cases, Congress will pass something and the president will sign it. Uh, before a default happens, but uh, they, there's definitely a lot of uh, suspense going into Memorial Day weekend, but uh, we'll see how that goes.
Sure. And just one last, you know, maybe this is more of a uh, financial advisor question, but is there anything that people ought to do or ought to think about doing, you know, just as a backup in case of the default? I wouldn't do anything too drastic just yet. Um, I think, again, it's very likely that an agreement would be made. And if an agreement is not made by the X date, I think it'd be fairly soon before some corrective action get made. So I, I would urge people not to overreact to uh, some of the theater we're seeing in, in Congress right now. Certainly, certainly. Uh, and we also have new, new inflation data, and that revolves around the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index. Um, and that involves, uh, well, it was a little bit higher than usual. Can you tell us more about uh, about what that uh, what that shapes up to be, to be like? Sure. Again, another suspenseful Friday heading into Memorial Day weekend. But uh, um, we, we've been seeing inflation numbers throughout the the year so far in 2023, and for the most part, we've been seeing a path towards disinflation where we're seeing inflation still exists, but at, at a lower rate. Um, there was a slight tick upward in the monthly inflation rate as we went from uh, March to April, if we go by the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index. Uh, whether you look at the headline number, uh, which has everything in it, or the core number, which would, just, which would exclude food and, and energy, which is more volatile, uh, both monthly rates based on that, those measures would have increased by 0.4%, which was a slight increase from what we saw in March and also slightly higher than many analysts had forecasted. Over a year-to-year -year basis or over a 12-month basis, you would have seen an increase of about 4.7% in that uh, personal consumption expenditures index, particularly the core number, which uh, excludes the food and energy. And the core uh, number for the PCE index and the rate of inflation for it is really the, the primary target for the Federal Open Market Committee. So if we're seeing that at an annual rate of 4.7%, that's still above the Federal Reserve's goal of 2%. And what we saw for the month of April is we're, we kind of saw it stubbornly high and, and not continuing, continuing to go downward. So there might be some concern there. If you look a little bit deeper into the report that came out today, you'd see that um, inflation was kind of broad-based across many categories. Uh, you saw a similar rate for goods and services, although the, the rate for uh, goods, so tangible products, was a little bit higher. Um, gasoline and, and energy tended to increase higher than that 4.7% rate on an annual basis. Uh, food prices rose significantly over the last year, but over the last month they were fairly flat. That might be the only uh, silver lining in that cloud that came out today. But, uh, yeah, looking at this report, there, you heard some... Uh, chatter today in the some some of the news that uh, there might be some consideration by the federal open, federal open market committee when it meets next month we're about two and a half weeks away from the next fomc meeting which again uh, looks at monetary policy and particularly the federal uh, funds rate of interest and the target that they set forth so whenever you hear about the federal reserve increasing or changing interest rates, it usually has to do with that federal funds rate. Uh, there are some who are starting to chatter and suggest that we might see another quarter percentage point increase in the federal funds rate, which would take the range target for it from 5% to 5.25% to now a quarter point higher, so five and a quarter to five and a half percent 
for the federal funds rate. If they increase it again this June, uh, that's yet to be seen. But um, if you looked at futures markets today, after the release of this inflation data, it kind of went from it'd be more betting that it'd be more likely that we'd see no change in the federal funds rate in June to it being more likely that we see a quarter percentage point increase. So th that's kind of what came out of today's report. Uh, inflation remains stubbornly high. There might be some reaction by policymakers, particularly the Federal Reserve, but uh, there's there's still more data points in between now and when that next meeting is. And uh, you'd probably want to look at a more broader picture than, than just this report. But uh, if we see more indicators reflecting what we're seeing in this report from this morning, that might be something where maybe the Federal Reserve is not done with rate hikes. And, and that, that would be a, a bad news story coming out of this report. All right. All right. Certainly. Um, we, you know, we're also looking some of that data about the, the April and uh, the spending data for, for consumers. Um, in April, and that was fairly strong as well, correct? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, this morning we got some more information on consumer spending, and actually over the last two weeks, we got quite a bit of information. As, as part of that personal consumption expenditure, expenditures report that came out this morning, there also is a component of that report that looks at consumer spending. And that came in fairly strong. I'll get back to that in a moment. But over the last two weeks, we also had last week retail sales data that uh, rebounded after being in negative territory in terms of percentage changes on a monthly basis. Uh, we had some growth in retail spending over the month of April. Uh, based on that report. We also had some large retailers in the United States report their quarterly earnings reports for the last three months, so primarily the first quarter of the year. And uh, you actually saw a little bit of a mixed information. If you look back over the, the first quarter of the year, uh, you would have seen some positives and some negatives, but it depends is, depended on what components of consumer spending are you looking at. Uh, you, you know, the, the four companies I like to look at would be the two uh, big box stores of Walmart and Target and the two uh, major do-it-yourself home improvement stores of Lowe's and Home Depot. And if you l listen to their reports when they reported their quarterly earnings numbers, it sounded like sales were best when you looked at consumer necessities. And as you move more toward discretionary purchases, so clothing, electronics, uh home improvement items, toys, et cetera, et cetera, you heard weaker numbers in terms of sales. So uh, you would think of that group of four, Walmart would have reported the best numbers because more of their sales are based on consumer staples and necessities and grocery items. And, and that's really what uh, tended to be the case when they reported their four, first quarter numbers for this year. Uh, in particular, the two home improvement companies have seen declines in sales, which might suggest that Home improvement sales, discretionary items are tending to see weaker times right now. So if you look over the, the past quarter, there, there has been some mixed information where there has been some signs of weakness in consumer spending. However, if we look at the last month of April, based on our two latest reports, you're actually seeing some stronger numbers, which again would complicate the Federal Reserve's policy if we're concerned about inflation remaining high. Uh, and consumer spending is strong, that would be a particular point of concern. Although I would really emphasize not to fixate or focus too much on one month's worth of numbers, particularly when the two prior months 
Uh, February and March were fairly weak in terms of consumer spending. But nonetheless, the report that came out this morning reported for the month of April, uh, consumer spending was up for the U.S. by roughly 0.8% over the course of 12 months. That would have been a little over 6%. So uh, what that's suggesting is that consumer spending over a broader range of months over the last year would have been fairly strong. Although for the last quarter, we might have seen some months where it was strong, some months where it was weak. So uh, a little bit of a mixed picture there in terms of consumer spending. All right. Um, and I believe that that pretty much brings us to towards the closing here. Uh, can you tell us what uh, what you're looking at in the weeks ahead, things to uh, keep an eye on for everybody? Well, I think first and foremost will be that debt ceiling deadline and, and the uh, possibility of getting an agreement fairly soon. It sounds like they're close based on what we're seeing in, in some of the news reports, but uh, it's a matter of when and whether a majority of Congress will pass it in a timely manner. So that's probably first and foremost on uh, what's on the radar for this coming week. Uh, next week, you know, I, I mentioned the uh, hotter than expected inflation data and the stronger than expected retail sales data. Uh, that was reported in the last week again for the month of April uh, we'll get for the month of May we'll get we'll start to get some information out and data out on labor market data now the labor market if if there's one area where there's tends to be stronger numbers in recent months out of all the economic indicators it'd probably be the labor market so if we're ever going to see some uh, prolonged period of lower inflation uh, it's likely going to require some weakening in the labor market to happen first. We'll get some data on the labor market next week. We'll get job openings, uh, job separations, and we'll get the uh, monthly employment report that comes out. So the unemployment rate, labor force participation rate, and also uh, uh, average hourly earnings and the change in our average hourly earnings, which is something you'd want to look at if you're concerned with inflation remaining higher than, than we would like. Uh, also next week, we'll... Uh, have a few more pieces of information in terms of how the American consumer is holding up. Uh, Walmart will have its annual shareholders meeting next Wednesday, so you'll hear some more information uh, on, on how they're doing. And there's also some other retailers that will report their quarterly earnings reports, Macy's, Dollar General, uh, Five Below, some others as well. So we'll get some more information on how uh, consumer spending is holding up and uh, in, in the face of economic uncertainty and higher than usual inflation, how are people, uh, how are they changing their spending habits or how are they not changing their spending habits? So a lot more information we'll get on that area next week. All right, great stuff. David Yaskevich, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate your time. Thank you, as always, the pleasure was mine and happy Memorial Day. Yeah, happy Memorial Day to you as well. And. Uh, so we're looking ahead here. We've got uh, just in a few minutes coming up, uh, we'll be back with Heartland News now at 4 o'clock. Stick around, everybody. We're going to turn it back over to Local News Live.